I'm just here so I won't get fined. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? Hard hit into right. It's a Tuesday at 7.45, Donny Manny, uh, famously at Balls.ie in studio, hello. Well, Joe, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? I'm getting ready for Christmas, man. Excellent. It's uh, it's upon us now. Hey, it's in the air. Yeah, so we've got some good stuff on uh, US sports this evening, I think. This and every week, that's what we... Well, we, sure. We, that's what I bring. <laughs> Kobe chat last week. We'll come back to Kobe and his farewell tour. Okay, it's not going well, but we'll which, come back to it. <laughs> which is continuing. It's going to be a long farewell tour, Kobe. Yeah. Uh, 35 years ago today, uh, one of the most famous moments in um, US sports broadcasting. US broadcasting, I dare say. Uh, Donnie, uh, first of all, put Howard Cassell into into context for us. So I know him as legendary uh, American sports commentator, but obviously there's a few more um, uh, nooks and crannies to Howard Cassell. Yeah, Howard Cassell is basically one of the, I would say, the five greatest American broadcasters, period, in TV, radio, any of them. Not just sports. Not just sports. Transcends sports. A, uh, a voice who just sort of evokes a golden age of television, you know, a time when men were men and... Boxers hung out with poets and all these kind of things. And Cosell was the man who was there for all the great Ali fights and all, you know, the rumble in the jungle. And Ali Frazier won. He was there. He's the voice. He's the sort of narrator to all these, to many great American sporting events of the late 60s and through the 70s. And he was the man who was sort of heading up the uh, the flagship sports broadcasting product that was Monday Night Football. Mm. This big move to bring sports into primetime TV and Cosell was the voice of this for ABC TV in the 1970s. Yeah. Now sometimes particularly in sport broadcasters just by dint of being there a long time mm. and particularly that kind of first and second generation of guys to come through. They're there a long time. It's a, it's a, it's you know the here and over there networks will have the live sport. It's, it's very different um it's a very different landscape to now. And they're actually not that good. I'm not going to name names, but they're, you know, we've seen them, you see them on the BBC, you see them everywhere, and sometimes they're celebrated, and you think, well, actually, you weren't that good, you were just there a really long time, but Cassell was really good. Cassell had a sort of a gravitas, and a, you know, a grandeur in the way he spoke, and you could feel that when he when he was reporting on on sport, he didn't see them just as games, but he he saw himself as having a great responsibility to all the people uh, that were watching these events at home, and the sort of translator for what was going on. And he, you know, w- in some of these interviews that you'd see him doing with Muhammad Ali, mm. there's a, there's an affinity and a warmth that's mutual. Ali sees Cosell as a sort of a peer, you know, not as as, as this kind of interfering media type, which you know seems to be how we see the relationship between sports and the media these days. These guys are sort of equals, which is very it's an amazing idea. Yeah. Um, and Cosell in those days there was no. The media landscape is so small, you know, like Cosell was the man. He's one of three or four people who spoke and, you know, narrated all these sports events. So, yeah. he, like, he saw a responsibility to the to the public and... Uh, to be good. To be good yeah. and to be right. And, you know, what should we be doing with the... You know, how should we be portraying these sort of, these events that we're watching? 
and then 35 years ago tonight. Yeah. Uh, He's got a pretty a pretty big thing to get right. Yeah, there's a Monday night football game going on. It's the Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots, yeah. and it's it's a big game. It's late in the game, um, and I think I'm pretty sure the game was tied going to the fourth quarter. And in the booth, Cosell gets a phone call. The producer lets him know that uh, John Lennon had been murdered that night in Central Park. So. The guys have a, um, they have a, the guys in the booth have a decision to make. What will they do? You know, will they, will they just wait till the game's over? It's nearly over. Yeah. They can sit on this news. The nightly news broadcast will come up later and they can, you know, leave it to the, to the TV news people. There's, you know, and it's worth reminding people how much things have changed. Obviously, there's no Twitter or social media, but there's not even any like CNNs or anything like that. Yeah. Not many people would know this. You're breaking the news to the nation, to essentially, the w- and they've, they've no warning. It's just about the last thing anyone would expect during a game. Just hold you there, right? Mm. Because we're going to play the discussion the production team had off-air. But just an extra layer, not that it's necessarily crucial to the story. It mm-hmm. wouldn't have changed things massively. But uh, six years earlier, Cassell had met Lennon, so they knew each other. Like, here's uh, Cassell and Lennon on a, on a Monday Night Football appearance together. So you can just have a quick listen. Now I've got a most familiar figure and face for all of you across the country here with me now of the original Beatles, Mr. John Lennon. Hello, John, nice to see you, John. You? Nice Want to move here. that up just a little yeah. closer? How are you? What's been your view of this American professional football scene? It's an amazing event and sight. It makes rock concerts look like tea parties. But I must say, the first thing I heard when I got in was I'm playing a Beatles tune yesterday, which cheered me up no end. <laughs> I've been trying to follow the game, but I've I couldn't understand why half the team was off and half the team was on. Well, we can't explain that to you now, but what's your general impression of the game as compared with A, rugby, and B, soccer, football? It's nothing like soccer, but I can see a very close relationship to rugby football, which has the same shape ball, and they move 15 yards down the line at a time. But I can see the game here has changed completely from that. But it's very similar in its aspects. The goals are the same. They have points the same. They have to get a touchdown the same. But they don't have the scrum here where both teams really punch each other you know not to break the mood uh, that's brilliant audio um anthony Martial has scored for manchester you know he'd only scored one in 13 so 10 minutes gone and uh, the mission difficult is uh, well stage one almost complete there for manchester united so uh, that's brilliant audio so fast forward six years and i was reading today in usa today Alan Weiss is a news producer for ABC's New York station. He had a motorcycle accident. He was in the hospital that John Lennon was brought to and, quote, was plotted down next to him. Weiss, I mean, unusually, didn't recognise John Lennon, but overheard the police officers identifying him. So he made the call to ABC and uh, that's how word gets through. Yeah, serendipity, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Cassell and... um, and the production team have a decision to make. Well, is, is this a good time to listen to the audio? Yeah, let's hear it. So this is, so there's audio has surfaced years later of the conversation that Cosell, Fran Tarkenton, and Frank Gifford, the three broadcasters, they decided amongst themselves what how they would handle this moment. So here, we can hear that clip. He was shot outside his apartment. The Dakota apartment. Fellas, I just don't know. That news 
a tragic moment. And All right. This is going to shake up the whole world. All right. I will get it in. Let Giff call this play, and then I'll get it in. That's very interesting, because... The ego wasn't a player. Cassell wasn't thinking to himself, I'll be immortalized. Mm-hmm. You, you can hear there, it's, uh, the audio is quite good. Yeah. He's, he's quite reluctant. Another part of that is that Cassell Wood's in the booth with two ex-players. And so he's the journalist of the three. Yeah. And he's letting the players, or the, the ex-players, the experts on the game, decide, you know, what should we do? He's sort of, he's not forcing the issue as like someone like seeking fame or, you know, trying to force himself into the story yeah it's Gifford and Tarkenton the two ex-NFL players who are saying we have to we have to discuss this and yeah. Cassell almost does it sort of like it's, it sounds a little bit begrudging that he that he has to sort of bring this news to the world yeah here's the moment then 35 years ago timeout is called three seconds remaining John Smith is on the line and I don't care what's on the line Howard you have got to say but we know in the booth Yes, we have to say it. Remember, this is just a football game, no matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital, dead on arrival to go back to the game after that news flash which in duty found we had to take now objectively speaking that is incredibly well done he handled it pretty well and the dead on arrival I mean it's just haunting and yeah it was it, it is it goes down as one of I would say the top three most memorable sports broadcasting moments in American sports history mm. you know he handles it with total gravity, total s- seriousness. Yeah. And, you know, it was, you can hear it, you can hear the, you know, the pain and everything there, you know. Yeah. Without, though, uh, going too over the top and too sensationalist, it was mm. just really good, solid reporting, not underplaying the yeah. gravity of what had no, happened. No, no. Down the line. But, you know, in there's something in that voice. Mm. You know, this is a voice that can, that has the ability to communicate yeah. the serious news, you know. Uh, there was a great movie, says Jay Cooper, about Howard Cassell called Monday Night Mayhem. Amazing broadcaster. When did Cassell finish up? I believe in the mid-80s sometimes. By the time I started watching TV and watching sports in America, he was off the scene, but he was spoken of as a legend yeah. uh, by people of my father's age. Um, and, you know, obviously you hear this thing, they don't make them like that anymore, but like broadcasters just had a completely different responsibility to the public in in the 60s and 70s and it's it's hard to appreciate that now with whatever 35 years distance yeah yeah so that's uh, 35 years ago um, I should mention Wolfsburg have equalised so uh, two goals in 14 minutes um, in Wolfsburg United on the attack again saved and it's okay so still one all after uh, 15 minutes um, you want to squeeze anything else into a final minute a little uh, what else is going on? Well, just a quick... The, the Golden State Warriors, we've spoken them about them twice already now. They are still undefeated. Wow. 22 games into the season. They are 22-0. and zero. They play tonight in Indiana. So they're just extending the record now. Basically. Well, they have the, the longest winning streak sort of in the middle of the season they're going for now, and that's 33 in a row. So they're, they still have a ways to go, but it's, just an, it's been a great year. And we talked about Kobe last week and how he would react to this retirement announcement. 
and he's just been terrible. <laughs> he's been he put in he played a game against Philadelphia who had never who hadn't won a game all year. Yeah. And he shot uh, seven for twenty six. It was one of the, the I think it was top three worst shooting performances in NBA history. But amazingly, he doesn't. He's going for it. He's not like he doesn't. He doesn't care. He's not like coming in and like doing a little swan song and like playing for ten minutes of the game. He's starting. He's taking all the shots. <laughs> he's he's acting like the, the alpha dog. But he's terrible. And wow. he just, and he's not he's not ashamed about it. It's crazy. Some of these highlights you, you see him he can't dribble, guys are stealing it from him. <laughs> Surely someone has to shout stop. In this Sixers game he comes out, shoots the first four shots for the Lakers, makes them all three pointers, and everybody in the stadium is going crazy. And then mm-hmm. he goes on to miss the next twenty, I think. So fans are shouting his name, cheering his name. Yeah. The Lakers are are playing terribly. It's it's all it's car crash TV. This is like the most awkward season for the rest of the season. They have to Pretty let much. him do and this. The fans have to indulge it, the coach Seemingly indulging it's it. It's going to go on until April. So right. Like, it, it, who knows where it'll go. Yeah. We will uh, leave it there. Donnie, I will see you next Tuesday. All right, Joe, talk to you. Off the ball. Getting inside the game. Sponsored by Ireland's favourite car brand, Ford. Go further.